today's theme, which is perhaps either people or love, right? <laughs> and it is, in fact, love. You know, people say, and I say it all the time, so I'm people too. Love you, right? Love you. And it's, it's an anf- it's, it's, it's an affirmation and it's a confirmation that even if I don't either expect, suspect, or experience the love that you and I are both swimming in, we are both swimming in it. And if I don't experience it, it's just that I don't experience it. It isn't that I don't have a connection and a solution of love with you. Because love is, in fact, what allows life to exist. Life exists in an ocean of love. Whether you experience it or not is only whether you experience it or not. It's not whether or not it exists. For example, have you ever heard a dog whistle? No. Because you can't hear a dog whistle, but a dog can. So you have to become like the dog. You have to be able to experience the sensation of love. Now the organ of sensation, just like the ears or the organ of, or the apparatus perhaps, of sensation for uh, hearing, for the auditory, and the eyes are the apparatus for the sensation of the optical, of the vision. The heart is the apparatus for the sensation of love. 
Being with an open heart in a dangerous setting feels unsafe. However, being with an open heart in a dangerous setting, if you can hold that openness long enough, will produce an awareness of the solution to the danger. So our natural reaction to shut down is the most dangerous reaction we can have to danger. Because it does not give us insight. It does not give us intuition. It does not give us the sensation of the solution of the moment. And that solution is in two forms. One, the solution in which we dwell. The other, the actual solution or answer to the situation. Because that's why they call it a solution, because the solution dwells in the solution. And the solution is love. Because with my openness to the situation, of which the danger is only a part, but we have made it the biggest part, our sensory system focuses on the danger and therefore the danger becomes the biggest part of our focus because the rest of our awareness is canceled out and our focus becomes the danger. It's the, it's the nature of the world today. The world today is no more dangerous than the world of a million years ago. It's just that Two million years ago, we had to worry about the saber-toothed tiger. Today, we have to worry about the saber-toothed neighbor. <laughs> and, the and the tooth of the saber-tooth is different. right? So the idea that you can be safest when you're experiencing love is counterintuitive to the... And don't use that as an idea of intuition as the real intuition. It's counter intellectual. Let's put it that way. It's counter-intellectual and it's also counter-emotional. Erase the idea of counter-intuitive. I just... That was a bad statement. <laughs> so if it's counter-intellectual and counter-emotional, but it is actually an intuitive solution, what do you want? You want to ride your emotions? You want to ride your thoughts? Or do you want to ride your knowing? Which one? Absolutely. Now you're a, a unique spectrum of the total spectrum of humanity because you're a part of the human spectrum that is more inclined, literally, you're more slanted toward, you're more inclined toward your higher awareness than you are toward your lower emotions. Because you've gone beyond the sense that your lower emotions are going to protect you. You've found out that other people can get away with lower emotions, you know, jealousy, anger, this, and the fear, and all that. They seem to be getting away with it just fine, but you can't get away with it once. And you've always thought, well, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah. Haven't you? You know, you see people getting away with that stuff all the time. I see it all the time, and I even go, well, that didn't used to be fair, but now there's some different situation that is governing us. You've got a different governor than I do. 
That's because, and that's what Yogi Bhajan said, don't back up severe tire damage when he saw that sign on the parking lot. He said, that's it. He said, that's the, that's the nature of higher consciousness. Once you run your tires over the, the, the gateway to higher consciousness, you can't back up. That's what you were saying is unfair. I want to back up. I want to be able to get really angry and really jealous and really fearful and get away with it. Don't you? Yeah, it'd be really cool if you could, right? Just go in and get, and get away with it and then jump back into higher consciousness. <laughs> and then go back in higher consciousness. What's that called? It begins with an H. Hypocrite, exactly. And a hypocrite, even though it sounds like it, isn't hip. <laughs> so the idea that you can't get away with that anymore is your blessing. And it's like so many blessings, it feels like a curse. We are the people, the people of love. Let us people... Get really angry today. <laughs> I don't think so. Because in that love, you're a sage and a warrior. Warrior S, perhaps, as well as warrior, right? You're both because you have to be able to be clear and firm without being angry. Being clear and firm and really highly volume-wise vocal without being angry. What an art. Huh. Don't we remember how he could do that, huh? If you listen to his videos, you can see how he could do that. It's such an art because there are some times when, you know, it's time to draw the line. And when it's time to draw the line, it's time to be the warrior, warrioress. But the warrior, warrioress is neither fearful nor angry, but very forceful, very clear. As a matter of fact, the, the volume of force in the nature of that clarity like opens up a channel. I can remember once when I did something, probably only once that I did something wrong. <laughs> And he opened up that bellows. Hallelujah. <laughs> With different words. I swear to God, I felt like I had just transcended the moment. And I was just sort of sitting there in this vibratory state. And he said, he looked at me and he went, good, you got it. There was not an iota of guilt there was not an iota of remorse in my being. But I got the lesson, and the lesson was harsh. But the lesson was neither fearful nor angry. It wasn't fear that induces anger. It wasn't anger that induces fear. It was just love cranked up to 11. They only say 10, right? Remember Spinal Tap? Yeah. They had created the amp that had 11. <laughs> they, they needed that extra loudness. 
So when love is cranked up to that, it doesn't induce guilt when the lesson comes through. It doesn't induce remorse. What it induces is a gratitude for having messed up so that you could learn the lesson. And that you have gratitude that you can learn the lesson without feeling guilty for the lesson. And then, you've really learned it and you don't have to repeat it and you move on from it. The other side of the equation is the sage and that is the we are the feet The sensation of that swoon, right? Just that feeling of mmm, mmm. That's the solution. We are the creature that has that capacity. We have that capacity to project it and we have the capacity to receive it. Now the interesting thing is that domesticated animals also have that capacity. And they're actually doing experiments on domesticated animals. Nice experiments, not the really mean ones. They're doing experiments and they find that your dog can look at you. <laughs> and you release endorphins inside of you with that certain look. And once your dog's learned that look, <laughs> you're a slave. <laughs> and you love it. You just love being a slave. And your cat can do it too. And your horse can do it too. They found that all domesticated animals can do it. And here's a little aside story just to make you feel horrible. <laughs> when we began domesticating animals 10,000, 8,000 years ago for slaughter, that's when the sensation, that's when the awareness of the ocean of love began to disappear. Because you cannot care for something that you're going to kill. And we did it because to make our lives easier. We did it so that we didn't have to hunt. We could just hunt that which was right there. Okay. Just understand that another thing was lost at the same time of domesticating creatures. We also domesticated seeds. Because prior to domesticating seeds, we used to have a sense. It was called the botanical sense. Very much like the sense of love. And the sense of love was between creatures. The botanical sense was between kingdoms. Between the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom. And the plant kingdom and the animal kingdom. And we could approach a plant. Let's say my guitar was a plant. It was once. Um, and we could approach a plant and we would know just from standing there in its presence whether it was medicinal, nutritional, or pathological. Whether it was medicine, food, or poison. We could just know. We didn't know it because we saw it. We didn't know it because we felt it. We knew it because we knew it. We had this botanical sense. The botanical sense was lost from domesticating seed. And the sense of love was lost from domesticating animals. And now we have to get it back. 
And that's why one of the important ways of getting it back is to clarify your diet. Eating a clear, clear diet, a diet that doesn't cause suffering, is really important because as you clear up your diet, your sensory system becomes reactivated. So we are the people, the people of love. We are life and life exists in an ocean of love. In order for us to experience our connection, the connection between us is our love. And the more people that you can experience that connection with, the more you're going to be an influence in the nature of love. You're going to be an ambassador of love. Love is going to be your product. And you're outselling it. You're selling the awareness that it is existing. And that's why the lessons that we have to demonstrate cannot induce guilt. Otherwise, we will fail in our teaching. The lessons that we are to demonstrate cannot invoke remorse. Otherwise, we are not masterful in our teaching. The lessons that we are teaching must invoke gratitude. Both gratitude for the mistake that initiated the lesson and the lesson that initiated the knowledge. Is that, is that crystal clear? And you can tell how well you're doing because the dashboard of your life has that meter as to how well you are able to be that master. Because every time you can see it in the face of the mirror, every time you tend a lesson, are you experiencing gratitude? And pretty soon you're going to have to completely take full responsibility that not only is that gratitude a demonstration of what appears to be the other person, but it is truly the demonstration of how masterfully you're teaching the lesson in the moment. Take full, full response ability. And the interesting thing is that even though it takes longer, you can apply this same principle to everything, whether it's the abundance and the prosperity and the wealth of love as that sensation amongst people, or the prosperity and the abundance and the wealth of energy of which capital, money, is a member. And so you become prosperous amongst people and you become prosperous in the world of all measurements. Healthy, wealthy, wise, early to bed, early to rise, makes a person healthy, wealthy, and wise.
Yeah? So go to bed early. Get up early. Do your asanas so your body is not objecting to your routine. Do your mantras so that your mind is not objecting to your routine. Do your kriyas so that your emotions are not objecting to your routine. And then begin to be the sage warrior. Be the sage when it's time to be the sage. Be the warrior, warrioress when it's time to be that. And make all the mistakes that you need to to perfect your skills as a master. And what do you do when you make your mistakes? You forgive yourself. And you forgive the others for reacting to your mistakes. Rather than create a a new karmic loop that you're going to have to then outlive and undo, right? By reacting to the reaction. Hmm? Very simple, isn't it? Hmm? Very simple. <clears throat>